It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Check out the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Jonathan Von Tobel looks at all the angles for the games. Ton of great opportunities betting the NBA on a nightly basis. Hardwood Handicappers podcast is free and available now. VSEN.com slash podcast. And while you're there, catch up on every VSEN show as well, it's the coach David Thorpe, truehoop.com, and Coach Thorpe on Twitter. Joins us every Monday to talk about the NBA. And uh, how much do you think we, we uh, underestimate Kerr and that he's underrated? 26 straight series in the playoffs, coach, with a road win. And the thing that goes back to years now with this, uh, they were so good in the playoffs with these third quarter runs, too. They've been awesome for years in the playoffs under Kerr with the third quarter scoring. I can't speak for the average fan. I can only speak for people like me that follow the game closely. And uh, he's one of the elite coaches the league's ever seen. There's, there's a ton of reasons why I could almost write a book about all the things that make him great that other coaches should follow. Yes, it helps to have a lot of talent, but uh, you have to enhance that talent. You have to blend that talent. You've got to continue to develop younger guys. I mean, Moses Moody's getting fourth quarter minutes in important games as a you know 14th pick in the draft rookie after, I think, a year of college. So... He's he's really hit every note so far. It'll get tougher, I think, in the in the finals against either of those Eastern monsters. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, he's one of the best coaches we've ever had. What what do you think of uh, 
Looney currently in his role because he's been awesome in this series, but then beyond this year for, for Looney if he does not return to Golden State? I don't know how they afford him unless they right. make a trade to one of their other guys. It's really It comes down to that. They clearly have to value the heck out of him. That's for sure. He's, he does so many things. Uh, I would think there's two, there's two different avenues that I see. Uh, it could be another playoff team that values all the things that he brings, but also it could be a team, I'm just making this up, but you take a team like Oklahoma City that uh, at some point has to start trying to win games. Well, how do you do that? Don't bring a 35-year-old. Bring in a guy like this who's in his prime that's won so many games. that play- He does everything right. He makes everyone around him better and doesn't mind if you don't want to play him somewhat. He comes right back the next game and brings it. He, it you have to add a few more players to him, and all of a sudden you're a play-in type team when you factor in Shea and some of the other young guys they have that can get better. So uh, Golden State, I'm sure, would love to keep him. I just don't know how they afford all those guys. Remember, Poole gets an extension this year. It's just hard for me to do the math and think that he's likely going to stay there. What can Dallas do other than play the math game and just bombs away from three? But you just see how they're getting killed down low. Uh, no one shot the ball well other than Luka and Dinwiddie yesterday. But what is there anything Dallas can do to maybe win a game or two? Yeah, shoot better. <laughs> I, I don't know they'll do much else. Uh, I mean, that game was there. That was right there for them to win. They could have. They could be two one Dallas right now. Yeah. Uh, the teams are closer than it looks. They're just. They're really just shooting poorly. And um, I, I don't know that you know the Golden State can play Luca much better. He's he's doing everything. The three guards for Dallas really did well. Uh, kids just got to empower all of his other guys. Like you guys, stop hesitating. Take the shots you're supposed to take. If we're gonna go down. Let's go down shooting 53s and, and believing we can make 25 of them. Because if they do that, they're going to almost for sure win the game. You still, you, the key for Dallas is to get them to believe in just one game. Doesn't mean they'll, it'll work. It's unlikely that they can play, outplay Golden State significantly four straight times. But the, the key is just win one possession at a time. But you got to believe that you can. And with Luka, if anyone's ever going to come back down 0-3, it's going to be a team led by someone as talented as Luka. Again, the odds aren't great because you, the other team has to play poorly in some of those games too. And then you got to beat them when Golden State plays well. So it's not likely to happen. But we, I, I would love to see this series extend a little bit, in part because I want to make sure the finals are two rested teams or two equally not rested teams. And right now, I think one series, the, the, the Eastern team is going to be exhausted. And that's a big advantage for Golden State. Yeah, and one more Good thing point. for the Warriors too. Like they can afford to have a guy like Jordan Poole, who's been so big for them in the playoffs and out and through the regular season. He can have like a nothing night like he did last night. And then just Wiggins, who is in the starting five all-star, 27, one of the best stunts we've ever seen and done a pretty damn good uh, job defensively as well. Yeah, yeah, Andrew, his story, this is a lesson for every fan whose team stinks every damn year. Uh, It's your coach's fault. It's your management's fault. It's probably not your player's fault. Uh, There's a whole bunch of players here that if they were on Golden State's team would look very good too. Obviously not as good as necessarily a former number one pick like Andrew, but... Mm. Had Andrew gone to a better franchise on day one, and Minnesota seems like they're on the right track now, but they weren't. They were lost for almost 20 years. Uh, Andrew's the victim of that, just like Zach Levine and a bunch of other guys are. They they were a terrible franchise. Uh, Golden State's culture and player development and the mentality they have and, and their best player, Steph Curry, being such a loving guy, uh, they've created what they have now, and Andrew's a, a beneficiary of that. Is it the three-point shot? Is it is it injuries? Why do you think the last... Two weeks, we're seeing so many blowouts. It's a great question. I'm, it's something I'm actually I can meet with uh, my editors uh, here as soon as I'm done with this and talk about what we're gonna what I'm gonna write about this week. And uh, I have a feeling that 
yeah, there's just so much variability in these games now. Although, if you look, some of these games that are blowouts, there's not been a big discrepancy in three-point shooting. It's more just poor playing. And uh, in the case of this last I mean, the Eastern game, game three, ended up being very tight. It mm-hmm. just, Boston could not have had a worse first quarter effort-wise. I literally watched it again this morning. And Miami came out smoking, uh, uh, guarding with intensity and purpose. And everything was hard for Boston because of how Miami was playing. And Boston couldn't match up with it. They didn't bring that same intensity defensively. And they didn't handle the pressure. That's why I think they had 23 turnovers. Many of them were early in the game. And you just can't get blown out like this. Remember, guys, I've been writing for years about the Thorpe rule. Win a quarter by 10 or more. Don't lose a quarter by 10 or more. And you're you're winning 90-some-odd percent of the game, 96-97%. And that's what's happened in those series is you get one, crush one quarter, fight even the other ones, and you're going to win. Okay, so Bam was so good in game three. But it's not a coincidence, Coach, that Robert Williams did not play in that game. So if Williams doesn't play, Udoka has had an amazing year. He's a great head coach in year one. I think we can all agree on that. If Williams can't play again tonight, do you trust Udoka to make those adjustments on defense to limit Bam, or does Bam go off again? Oh, I think he'll make some adjustments, yeah. Bam had not been doing much. Mm -hmm. So uh, now you go in and you've got to kind of tweak what you're doing a little bit, which is challenging because Jimmy Butler has always been so hard to guard for really anyone when he's engaged to score. Uh, Lowry's back, although I'm not sure that matters very much. Tyler Hero is a good offensive player. So you can't just focus on Bam and Jimmy and Tyler will get 25-30, as we've seen before. But yeah, I think, I think they'll figure some stuff out. But I think it'll be more of uh, they've got to just play like their hair's on fire, like they did in games six and seven against Milwaukee. Uh, it's just hard to always go to that well. Miami didn't do it the first two games, did it in game three. Now it's Boston's turn. That doesn't mean Boston is going to win because Miami knows we've got a chance here to go up 3-1 and pretty much end this series. I think you'll see probably the best battle of, of the game so far tonight. How important in this series is the officiating? Because they let them play in game three. I don't know if Boston was, was prepared for that, the physicality and what they were. Miami was allowed to get away with. Do you, do you think the officials could decide this in terms of how, how they let Miami play defense? Well, if, if they call it evenly, which is I think normally what the officials do, if they're calling it tighter, it's, it's both ways. Uh, both teams have to adjust to that. I, I never I never try to look at the officials. To me, I mean, I've been coaching for a long time. I would never talk about the officials. I would talk about what we have to do based on how tight their whistle is for whatever reason. Uh, our players' job is to adjust. I think that Miami played on the edge uh, the last game. And when, I, when, when I'm watching it, I watched all 23 Boston turnovers okay. this morning in addition to the whole first quarter. And most of those turnovers, if not all of them, were Boston's fault. Miami, good effort. Uh, uh, Boston casual with the ball, Boston making terrible decisions of where to drive, driving into traffic. Uh, you, you, you're supposed to avoid the crowd. Uh, they didn't get off the ball early enough. In other words, uh, the millisecond you see a second person coming and you think that person might cut me off, and I'm speaking like, for example, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that love to drive the gaps, you got to get off the ball right away and then move accordingly. It's not the referee's fault if you drive into traffic. Maybe there's some contact, but you created that yourself by over-dribbling. So they've got, they've got to do two things. They've got to get off the ball earlier, I think, than they did before. And they've got to move more. They're so spaced out and stagnant that Miami Heat defenders can both guard the ball and know where the help's coming from and how to get back to their man. If you get more cuts, you start moving those Heat defenders more, and I think they'll have more advantages at driving later in the possessions of a, of a later in the clock of a possession. Okay, very good answer. So mm-hmm. you think that this series pretty much is going to go six, seven games? 
I do. Yeah. Okay. And the the other one, I know we've talked about this briefly, but did the Warriors maybe give them a game, gentlemen sweep, and then they finish them off back in San Francisco in a five game set? You know, I'm, I'm telling you, watching these games as close as I am, if you said to me right now, uh, the Warriors are going to win this series in six games, I would not think you're crazy. It sounds crazy. I understand that. But we've seen Dallas shoot the ball lights out. They knocked out the Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. in back to back games where they made like 39 threes and what, 80 something attempts. If they do that in game four, it's all that matters is game four. Well, then you got to go to Golden State. And I realize, you, of course, you think the Warriors are going to finish it. But it's not scripted. This ain't a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that, the way Dallas shoots the ball uh, and the way anyone – I mean, every game someone's going down. What if it's Curry? What if it's Draymond? What if it's Looney? Like, you, you, I, I don't know. It's, it would not surprise me one bit to see Dallas win game four. And then it's probably a you know, 54%, 53% advantage for Golden State in game five. Uh, when you have Luke on your team, you owe, he might go for 50 like, and the way Dinwiddie and Brunson are playing, they both have really figured out ways to score mm-hmm. and how Golden State's guarding them uh, overall. Uh, I just, I think the Warriors are huge, hugely likely to win the series. But to say they're definitely going to win in four or five, I think it's a mistake. What are you working on, True Hoop? What's up there now? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about it today. The, I think teams are fouling too much. I mean, Luka, Luka getting 17 free throws is, I think, last night, whatever. Yeah, 14 of 17, that's way too many. Uh, we're, we keep uh, players keep hacking guys that are not likely to make those shots. I don't blame the officials. I blame the defenders for that. And uh, I'm looking more into how do guys like Looney and Horford stay in front of their men when they're two of the slowest big men we have in the league. And yet the more athletic guys tend to struggle. I, I know the answer. I've got to get some metrics to support my, my evidence. I have to look at uh, more film, but I'm, I'm toying with that. We might do a bigger project for that in the finals. Uh, as well, because it looks like Golden State's going to make it. Looney's such a big part of that. Great stuff as always. Enjoy the week, Coach. Thank you. Thanks, you too. Yep. Don't look now, but after a great weekend, they are one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. 
My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. You're home for betting the French Open. Bet Rivers, log in any day and get a 20% profit boost that you can use on any live in-play bet on the French Open. Get your profit boost today and every day at BetRivers.com or on the app. Terms and conditions apply. Great weekend, Paulie, in Major League Baseball for the San Diego Padres. That was impressive. Yes. Against San Francisco, another really good team in baseball and in the National League West. Padres took care of them, though. Mackenzie Gore was very good yesterday, six strong innings. He's one of the rumored players in a potential Juan Soto deal, which we'll talk to a guest coming up in about 45 minutes. But when you look after yesterday now, the Padres have 27 wins. They are a half a game back of the Dodgers in the NL West. Well, the Mets have 28 wins. They're playing 651 ball. Actually, the Padres' winning percentage is a little bit better. The Yankees have 29 wins, and the Astros also have 27 wins. So they're right there with the best teams in baseball in terms of overall wins. And another note that you can get at vcin.com. All the betting splits are available. Click on MLB, toggle through it. Paulie, they are now the number one team ROI against lefties in baseball. They are 11-3 versus left-handed pitching. That's a money line profit mm-hmm. if you're betting 100 bucks every game of plus $911 against lefties, and the uh, money line ROI return is 48.9%. Osmer continues to put up big numbers. The year Machado's having, they bring in Cano. Could they make another move? It's an embarrassment of riches with the pitching. It also speaks to what a good manager is worth, mm-hmm. the Mets, the Padres, uh, how well they're doing right now. But be careful tonight. They are the first game back at home after a nine-game road trip. And that always is cause for concern, and that's the Malinsky special. It also is in play with Seattle. They're laying a dollar sixty-five at home to the A's. Seattle returns home after a ten-game road trip tonight. Yep, I'm basically seeing this Padres Brewers game around to pick them. It's so, Mar- it's Martinez, correct? It is. Yes, yeah, he's going yep. against yep. Uh, Hauser in the Brewers. Yes, yes. Okay, 
So shop around here again. I see the Padres anywhere from a buck fifteen as the favorite down to a dollar twelve, or like in that pick'em range at a dollar ten, like I discussed. Uh, not only is Machado Pauly having the year that you talked about, he is basically the front runner right now. I think almost everywhere to win the National League MVP, and it makes sense because I mean his numbers are outstanding as we speak. Yeah, he's down to as low as three to one to win the MVP right now in the National League. Three to one. He's carrying this team right now without Fernando Tatis. Mm-hmm. I know it's. Not, I don't think it's going to happen. I would love to see this team get Juan Soto. I would love to see Tatis, Soto, and Machado back to back to back in this lineup. That to me, you can go righty, lefty, righty. Three of the best hitters in baseball. Once Tatis gets back, which is going to be uh, sometime in June, the way it looks. Oh, that is filthy. Bad news is Clevenger had to go on the 15-day IL yesterday. So he has uh, something wrong with the with his arm. See, I'm going to see what the Mets do, too, because the Mets have to make a move. Eight-game lead now. I mean, piecing this together, the guys that are injured, they win again, and that's a big series in Atlanta with the Phillies and the Braves. Mm-hmm. Both teams are 19 and 22. Imagine if someone gets swept here. I kind of lean Phillies with Wheeler going. but uh, A little bit, yeah. Mets opening this up. That's incredible. 14 straight off a loss. Mm-hmm. That's a good job by Buck. Uh, we also have one of the biggest favorites of the entire year going today. Yes. That's Garrett Cole. who Got swept. Was, uh, How about that? And a doubleheader, one run. Great job by the White Sox. Yep. Terrific job. But Cole's now laying, you know, north of $3 in some spots today against the uh, Lyles and the Orioles. But it was good to mm-hmm. see uh, Ali Rutschman. That was really cool, by the way. We can't play video here on this show. But when he he's a catcher. He's one of the best prospects in baseball, if not the best. He comes in. He gets behind the plate. And it's a standing ovation in Baltimore. And he just, he's, I think, maybe a little overwhelmed by the moment. Or he's taking it in. He takes like a deep breath. And he doesn't put the, the um, helmet on yet. Not the helmet. The face mask. And he, took, and he looks around like this. He does like a 360 looking at the crowd. And he takes another deep breath. And he puts it on. He's like, okay, hey, ready to go. Like, that was pretty awesome to see a young kid like that. Like, living in the moment for like mm-hmm. two seconds. Got a good ovation. He did. Yeah. Deserves it. Uh-huh. Yep. A Don's going for the Nats. You see this? They're one. This is crazy. They're one and seven in his starts, and the Dodgers and Anderson are two dollars. They've Corbin now zero and nine. Every Corbin start, the Nats have lost all nine of them. Yep. It's nuts. That's a hell of a one-two combination. Yeah, you got a one and sixteen right there combined when these guys are on the mound. Yep. And uh, he goes tonight against the Dodgers, and uh, they should have swept the Phillies. That was ridiculous. I thought they'd get. Uh, Revenge after what happened at Dodger Stadium, and then how they blew that twice. You, you know what? Once a year, Jesus. You, you got to tip your cap to the Phillies, and say great job. What they took four out of seven, I think, against the Dodgers for LA. I mean, they you know all this talk about oh best offense of all time thrown out there by national you know yeah. MLB reporters. Uh, yeah. Max Muncie, do you even play the guy anymore? He's been completely atrocious. Betts is coming on right now, but. They have uh, some weak spots in that lineup. Not nearly as good as what people were saying back in, you know, they were, they had, mm. it was silly what they were saying, but in, you know, March and April, early April, come on, it was nonsense. Um, by the way, Garrett Cole was $3 when we, the uh, show started. I see his highest 341 right now as the favorite. So money doesn't matter coming in on the Yankees today. Okay. That big of a favorite. Mm-hmm. And Wheeler was $1.13. He's now as high as $1.30 the way it looks. But he's really been rolling lately. He's uh he's he's pitching very well. He's like he Zach Wheeler now basically found his 2021 form here in his last three starts. Been super solid. Verlander did it again too. 
another great start. Man, this AL Cy Young award. I mean, what, what you, I think it's a matter of time before Houston pulls away, too. They're up a game and a half, 27-15, mm-hmm. and 15, and they're throwing Garcia tonight. And they should, uh, they should take out the Guardians Boy, in they the series, are... too. But, man. Some of the guys that they can throw out there every five days. The mm-hmm. guy yesterday, 10 strikeouts. Now, some of the teams in that division that they play, but, you know, the, the Texas Rangers team total in the game was two and a half against Verlander. Scored one run. <laughs> the, the, the first five... First, the first inning was huge. It threw the guy out at home. Oh, that was gigantic, uh-huh. right? The first five team total for Texas was one and a half, heavily juiced to the under. I think I saw a dollar heavily... About a dollar thirty, I saw, and it they didn't they never cracked it open. Couldn't score against the guy. Yep. What is going on in Toronto? Speaking of not scoring, two runs against what? Two runs against the Reds yesterday. Lost. They won three to one on the one of the other games. I mean, what what's going on offensively? Can't score to save their lives. Twenty two and nineteen. I'm telling you, cause for definitely cause for concern there because they're twenty two and nineteen, and their starting pitchers have been unreal. And this home run that they've had. Well, okay, so, and basically, I think we could, it actually might be kind of an amusing segment if we do this sometime in the next couple of weeks, if we just picked a random box score from any team and put up the team's batting averages <laughs> yeah. and laugh at it. But here, here's part of the reason why. Hernandez, who was banged up to, to begin the season, back though for a while now, he's hitting a buck fifty nine. Chapman, you know, big addition from the A's uh, in the offseason, he's hitting one ninety three. Vlad is 262. Bachette had a two uh, home run game over the weekend. He's hitting 243. So it is vile. It is nasty. But again, that's not to single out the Blue Jays because you can do that with pretty much any single team in the league right now. Or guys are hitting that low. But the, the Reds are feisty all of a sudden. They have been, yes. Yeah, they have been. After that 3-22 uh, and yep. 22 start, now 12-28. and 28. And I know that the adjustments there, I bet under 67 with the uh, running season win total. Uh, probably a month or so ago, William Hill, that got all the way back up to 64 and a half. Mama. Yep. I can't, I'm still astonished at the NL West. Colorado in last place, 19 and 21. Yeah. Arizona still a game under 500. What's the highest price you saw on the Dodgers to win the division? I, I saw 350 until this Padre run. Padres half a game back. I got to be honest, I have not been looking. See, I didn't, no? okay. I did not look at division prices. Do you know where they're at today, the Dodgers? I'll look right now, yeah. But that, you got it? You got it? Is that it? Uh, okay. Three. Minus 250 to win the division. Okay, thank you. DraftKings? They are, yep, 285 at William Hill. And they're 215 to win the National League right now. Hmm. They will make moves. That team will. Yeah. 13-run but, pool still going, baby. It is. We still got it. Who's uh, going to do this? Well, it's funny because... It's, I love this. This could take a month. Of course. You never, this is awesome. It that's, could end tonight. That, it could take a month. That's the beauty of this thing. Yeah, I, mean, I love this thing. And it's four teams right there. Just need one more. To one cross more. Off one the more. List. I, I mean, love this. Like, we, we, you know, so the, we have been saying this now for a full week at least, where it could end today or it could right. go on until, I don't This coming weekend is Memorial Day. We might come back post-Memorial Day and still not have a winner in the 13-run yeah. pool. It's also possible someone could come from way, like a, like a Thomas. Someone come from way back. They go back to back. We get seven. Uh, we cross off 12. We, team team we, has to get shut out and score eight. Now that could happen like in that. one weekend. That's right. There you go. Didn't I see that this. one coming. Yeah, I love this. Yeah. I'm still looking at the you, the, the West and the National League is amazing because of the teams at the top. Mm. But also, when you look at the bottom of the East in the National League, and like every day when I do look at the division, I'm like, when, when is it coming? When is the run coming from Atlanta 
or Philadelphia. I know. And it's still like, oh, they're eight back again today? Huh, interesting. Like, the run hasn't started yet. Mm-hmm. And this Mets team, like you talked about in this segment, like, it's they're cobbling it together. DeGrom, Scherzer, McGill, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They're throwing out the Carrasco, Walker, whoever it is coming out there. Where they're throwing Peterson tonight. I mean, come on. Yep. Uh, yesterday, the betting world, what a wild ride, uh, wild ride it was from morning until the end of the PGA. We'll discuss it all coming up next. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. The betting splits page will show you where the money and bets are moving for every game. It's updated every 10 minutes. You'll be able to see where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Betting splits another way. VEASAN's here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out the betting splits every game, vcin.com. Uh, yesterday's action was so good. I mean, the way it started in the EPL, hmm. the final day of the Prim, and then we just... Went from that into the PGA Championship. There was some baseball sprinkled in there, some NHL. But then how that finished yesterday, and I got to tell you, I got to point this out. I had uh, a couple of different people reach out to me and say that they had Mito at 200-1. VEASAN's very own Will Hill. Not the William Hill, but Will Hill, the better. <laughs> he had Mito at 200-1. Oh, God. I'm sorry, Will. I got that. I mean, that, that, that's just a, it's a kick to the breadbasket, man. Yep. I like that really the, stings. Yep. I like the Paige Sporanic tweet. She's been on the show before about her take on what happened with the golf. I mean, she's right. I mean, he, he's so good for almost the entire four rounds and then pff, down the drain, right? This is why golf's the worst, she tweeted. 71 amazing holes played and one bad swing cost you the entire tournament. It's also incredible to watch because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. No. You never know. No. What was the form on that thing? I don't know. I mean, it was a three-quarter swing. Yes. His legs were not right. Uh, he rushed it with the driver, by the way. And every single person, like on the I... broadcast, every watching the the match, like, what are you what are you doing with the driver? That's the last thing you have to do. Look at this. A guy at MGM. Nine separate bets on Mito at 150 to 1. They totaled $6,000 in bets would have paid $912,000. Can't get the job done. And then professional sports better Rufus Peabody tweeted out that he bet oh. Mito here at Circa. He had a nickel. He had $500 at three, by the way, 300 to one available here at Circa. Mm-hmm. Not after Rufus bet it, though. They moved that down to like 140 to one. But he bet 500 bucks to win $150,000 as he tweeted out. Well, that one hurt. And Jesus. yeah, that, that, that takes, that's an afternoon. That's like a 24-hour stretch where you need to like get over that thing. Well, the putt on 17. I mean, it, it's Caddyshack. You get in there, where's the gopher? Need some dynamite. I mean, then that thing goes in. I mean, that's you got a two-shot lead then. And then I think it was Dottie who was like, yeah, okay, he's not that bad with the tee shot. You think it's not in that trouble, that much trouble. And he look, oh, he's in the drink, and that'll do it. And then he's still out of position where maybe he could get out of there and get to the playoff, and that doesn't work either. But plus, he was getting help. Zalatoris was falling apart. Fitzpatrick, young, had a four-shot lead. He's five over for the round. He comes in 10 under. How about five under wins the damn five thing? Five under wins the whole thing. And that's R- what Rory was five under after one round. Sure. And that, and that uh, stands up, and Thomas comes all the way back. By, by the way, a, a very common question on the thread to Rufus's tweet when he sent it out, people asking, did you hedge? <laughs> I, I, is that, like, I don't understand where that's coming from because 
How how would what's your game plan of hedging then, sir or ma'am? What would you like to do? What would your advice be to Rufus Peabody or, and yeah. tell him how to bet yeah. or and other, hedge off that ticket? Or, or other people saying, I'm sure you locked in a profit. Then what, what the hell can he do? What's he betting, 50000 on? Two? It's a one-shot difference. Of course. The one-shot lead, there's, there's four guys right there. So does he want to, like, what, what is your idea here to lock in a profit, everybody? Because <laughs> I think he had Willie uh, Zalatoris as well. Should he just fire away in play? 50,000 on Justin Thomas, two to one, <laughs> and fire away on, uh, uh, you know, Cameron Young, 50,000. Should he fire away on Fitzpatrick? Like, what's the ultimate hedging there? Because with here's the thing, and Paige is so right about this hedging in golf, unless your guy has like a four stroke lead and there's another guy behind him that has a two stroke lead over whoever is behind him, it's not exactly easy to hedge in that spot. First of all, like you said, in play, how much are you going to get down? Oh, no kidding. And then. Anything can happen to these guys on any you know given swing or hole, like Mito did. Seventy-one holes, he's going to win the tournament. Felt bad for him. You saw how I... Neiman took it hard too. But I liked his interview afterwards with Amanda. That it just Monday I wanted to make the cut, and then I wanted to win the whole thing at Sunday, and then fell apart. You know, I got to say about him. God, the the fact that he actually went up there with Amanda at the end and talked on national TV. You, you got to respect that because that is one of the most devastating donkey kicks to the stomach that you're ever going to suffer as an athlete. To lose like that and then be like, oh, sure, I'm available. You want me on TV right now to talk and tell you why I blew it? No problem. I'm someone here for did, you. Someone, someone did him a solid, too, because he's talking to the media afterward, and they're like, okay, someone, just shut the TV off because it's got. he's looking at TV right there, too. It's like these guys, you know, they got the playoff going, and I should be there. It shouldn't be a playoff. I should have won. Right. And then one of these guys is going to win a ton of money, and uh, they shut the TV off for him. Um, the good and bad of golf. How about the Zalatoris debacle? Was it 15 minutes just to hit a shot or play the hole, whatever mm-hmm. it was? Mark the ball and let's go. Come on. That was asinine yep. how long that took. Let's, let's play here. Yeah, I would agree. Oh, that took forever. Now, here's, here's the thing, right? And you're going to hear a bunch of golf handicappers come on this show and this network and say, like, Golfer X is going to eventually win. Look at this tweet from PGA Tour Communications. Zalatoris has now posted top 10 finishes in five of his last seven major champion starts, including runner-up finishes at the Masters last year and the PGA this year. It's like one of the best starts ever or only guys ever to do that. And that's like a guy, Matt Eumanns, who comes on this show all the time, VEASAN host, writes for our digital magazine. He's great. He always says, like, eventually Cam Young's going to win a tournament. He almost did yesterday, mm-hmm. right, and this weekend eventually Zalatoris is going to win a major. Now, we probably said that for a long time with guys like Xander Schauffele, Ricky Fowler, like the Fowler stuff never got there. But a guy like Hideki Matsuyama, I can recall, I don't remember the year, but five, six years ago, like I bet him every single major in a lot of tournaments, like he's eventually going to win. And eventually that did pay off because he turned into one of the best golfers in the entire world and he won a major. But that is, it's another killer if you're him. Great run for Jeff Seeley. Pointed out Mito on the show. Who well, had he's, yeah. he's also probably very sick to his stomach today. Sure, and Mito, and then uh, Munoz, first round leader the week before, and Munoz to win mm-hmm. the Justin Ray golf tweet. And he battled, he hung in there, he made the cut, and then it is the body wouldn't cooperate, and he had to uh, withdraw. Tiger has more major wins than missed cuts. <laughs> Think about that. That's lunacy. Uh, it didn't work out well, for him Saturday, but that's I thought you had a shot there with the daily bet. That's but wild, right? And then uh the Rory stuff too. He's all over the place. I thought he was gonna make a that's Rory though. 
he plays well when he's out of it. Yeah. And they got to, what, five under? And then came back and gave some shots back, too. But how he started on Sunday. I called Rory on Twitter yesterday the human equivalent or the athletic equivalent of the compliment sandwich. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? I like it, yeah. One person got really offended by that. Oh, you have no idea. Stop and bury. He's, look at his resume. He has a ton of wins. Well, a guy like that should probably win even more. And you're kind of talking to my point. Because he's actually, Rory McIlroy is known as a guy who plays really well when it doesn't matter most, right? Yes. Uh, and he's not he's not known as the guy who has won a zillion tournaments or lived up to his expectations. He should have more majors. He should be winning more tournaments. He shouldn't be the guy who goes out there on Thursday and plays a great round of golf, disappears on Friday and Saturday, and then, oops, he's 11 strokes back on Sunday. Here you go with another beautiful round again. Yep. And that happens far too often. It's great to bet, even if your guy doesn't win. I mean, look at Brady Cannon mentioned Kirk. He finished top five. Uh, some people betting, I mean, the top 20, top 15, the top fives, the matchups, top tens. Uh, McElroy sneaks in there, Fitzpatrick, Kirk, Fleetwood. I, uh, Brady mentioned him, too. Mm-hmm. He sneaks into the top five. Look at that. I had Hoagie, who finished top 10. I had him at 200 to 1. He had a great day on Thursday. It was almost a first-round leader. Then played well yesterday. But again, the two rounds in between, not enough to, to be in the mix. But you really got to look at Justin Thomas and say what yeah. he did yesterday to go out there. And if he shot a great round, which is exactly what he did uh, who knows? He might have a chance to win or be in a playoff, and that's exactly what happened. Did you see how long he took to the tee shot on 18? Oh, yeah. That, yep, well yep. done. So what do I do here? Going through it with the caddy mm-hmm. over and over again. And Mito gets up there and just is like fast as he can. That's Fires like, away. Yeah. Like he was uh, yeah, dinner reservations. Mm-hmm. God, it was just look like, what are you doing? It's the biggest shot of your life that was so weird. Oh, yep. Why rush? Terrible. Take your time, man. Take I your know. time. Um, yeah, the, the David Purdom tweet. Pereira went off at 150 to 1 at the uh, Westgate. They took eight bets on him pre tournament from between $2 and $100. And I'll be honest, like, it doesn't matter how much money you have on the ticket, it all hurts the same. I mean, not Rufus is $150,000, so that's, you know, different than 300 I get it. But for a recreational better, a person who rarely ever bets, they have two bucks on the bet or five bucks on them, it hurts for them. They had the guy. Right in the drink. Oh, God. To make it to make it worse was the the putt on seventeen. He's well, got it. It's in. It's He's right there. It. Yeah, it's the going. Shot it, it's it's going to drop. It's going right for the hole. And then it just puts the brakes on. And then the double. It can't even get to the playoff. Well, that's oh, that's another guy. Cam Young's late double bogey killed him. That's he right. would he would have been in the playoff. Sometimes uh, Brian, that was always Brian Blessing's line. Is always someone gets in that clubhouse early. And these majors, you put the pressure on yeah. them, and, like Pat Forty tweeted. Thomas gets in there, just watch the world burn. It'll be the it turned out to be an inferno. You know, Tom, Thomas was between like twenty seven and twenty nine to one with like one or two holes to play. That was it. He needed to get one more birdie. I think it was after sixty. He needed one more birdie, and then Pereira to kind of give one back, and that's exactly what happened. Up next, uh, some of these future prices that we have in the NHL and the NBA uh, updated series prices as well coming up here on Follow the Money. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. 
love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Make sure you always check out the VEASAN Long Shots podcast, the complete PGA golf betting show with weekly insights analysis for every PGA tournament from Las Vegas experts. Brady Cannon has been running golf websites and tourneys since 1996. And you got Wes Reynolds, who had JT yesterday as well. Download the Long Shots podcast at VEASAN.com slash podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, and catch up on all the VEASAN shows there as well. I think we get a great opportunity tonight. I loved them after uh, game one. I think uh, Tampa closes out. Florida gets the broom out. Vasilevsky's been great in this series and during this epic run as they go for the three-peat. 6-0 in the last six games with a chance to clinch. Five shutouts, and shame on him. He gave up one goal against Toronto, which uh, don't panic. The Maple Leafs were close when you see what's going okay. on in this series. I got a lot of flack, by the way, for that. Oh, it's outrageous. When I said that on the show and I tweeted it out, I said, look, the, the loser of this series, the Maple Leafs and Lightning, felt like the Celtics Bucks." The loser was good enough to win the whole thing. You're telling me the Maple Leafs team that took the Lightning to seven games and were the better team uh, 
you know, for about half of that series, maybe even a little bit six? more. Overtime. Of course, yes. Yep. You're telling me that Maple Leafs team could not beat Florida? Okay, sure. Yep. Move yep. along. Yep. They finally get the power play goal, but one goal in each of the three games for the series. That's it. Florida team total under. Tampa to finish them off. It's all right there. I mean, it's still five and six and a half. That under two. I mean, I think that's been mispriced when you go back and look at this series because they can't generate any offense, at least in terms of scoring, because this guy's so good in 34 saves again. And rest assured, the Florida mistake is coming, too. So. The, the, the Capitals were just as good as the Panthers in that series. That's a good point. That was, yes. They right. easily could have won that they, thing. Right. Okay. So, it's but come, no... But come on. And it's the back-to-back situation, right? Which, by the way, I don't know. I don't, I don't care for this. I don't care for this from the NHL. Why would you do this? You play one game on Saturday. Oh, now they go with the Ranger game in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. now they do that. They okay. go one yeah. game on Saturday, which is a night game. They play three yesterday, and then a t- two teams got to go back-to-back yesterday into tonight. What are we doing here? Yeah. I think another reason I like Tampa, too. Veteran team, get the rest. Get ready for the conference finals. Take it out. Don't give them any life or any you know, any confidence. End it. Plus, uh, you can't ignore this guy's numbers in, in closeout games. Close out, close, close out a series. Yeah, he's ridiculous. I think t- Tampa and Carolina would be a hell of a series. Not bad, right? If we get that, yeah, here you we think, go. Here we go, though. You, you think the Rangers would here be comes live? Igor. Against, oh, you, hold on, hold absolutely. Do you, you think they'd be live against Tampa? Yeah, absolutely. He's back. He's it was a soft goal. I don't know if he's good he's enough back. to win a series against Tampa. He is. Now they got to get the power play going again now too, though. I mean, they're top five power play, and that's been an issue. Well, they got to um, get by Carolina first. Oh, I know. It's easy, be tough. easier said than done. Right. It's interesting that even if Anderson comes back, they might just stick with Ranta. Uh, he's played so well. Yeah, but yeah. they're six and zero at home. They're zero and four on the road. Every game's been under, easy under so far in the, in this series. But uh, remember, the, the the second that game winning goal in game one was a fluke deflection. So it's not the goalie's fault every time there's a goal scored. Um, but Igor's been great in this series and uh, phenomenal in the win in game three. And how about things have changed in Edmonton? Oh my God! It's it's three one Calgary. In game two, in the second period, and then all hell breaks loose, and they they've scored one goal since. Yeah, and now so, Edmonton is a dollar ninety favorite to win the series. So I did bet Edmonton in play at plus two seventy against Calgary, and here's the reason why. Watching that game, to me, and they trailed three two when I bet it. I thought Edmonton was the better team, and I thought it was pretty evident in the second period, and then they outscored them by three goals in the third period to win the game. So that bet did cash. Um, and I got it. I mean, what happened last night? That was a bloodbath last night. That thing was over with early, and it wasn't even close. They're now a dollar ninety to win the series, a dollar ninety. And when we talked to Jeff Davis here at Circa earlier, he said that he would depending on you know a couple of things could be as low as maybe two dollars in Colorado if they get Edmonton. Probably a little bit higher than that though, based on how these series could play out. And then he said he, he threw out minus one sixty against Calgary. So I was talking to our guy Paul, who we met, who lives in Calgary. And Paul said that the talk back there is that Sutter played Markstrom too much, might be running out of gas, and the lack of big game experience we could be seeing. Uh, he's been far from great. Absolutely. And he got yanked yesterday. So that is uh, – and then the Smith – what's going on with the goalies? They take Bennington out. He's out for the season. He throws a water bottle at Kadri. He's getting death threats now. Cops are involved. Lunacy. And then you have what happened I with, don't even think it was really – no, it was, it was a friendly fire. Right, and he, by his the way. His own guy hit him, and then, yeah, of course, it, he's going for the puck. He bumps him. His his direction changed when he was bumped, and that's how he went into Bennington. Right. Can we calm down here? I Absolutely. don't think it was his fault. Totally agree. The other one, Luchas, was just that that was charging. That was should have been a five-minute penalty. 
I mean, I, I, he could, you could say he slowed up a little bit too, but then he takes Smith out. Then Smith comes out and then he gets backed in. We've cleared. Uh, he doesn't have the, uh, the concussion. But again, it's either Patrick Waugh or it's me out there. What are you going to get from Smith? But this is wild how this has changed. But, you know, good points too about what they're saying in, in Alberta about what uh, what's going on with Markstrom. But this is this thing's wild now. What's going on? And then and then tonight, I mean, this is, whew, we'll see with Bennington out now. But Colorado's too tough when you get good goaltending and good defensive play, and, and Kemper's been that as well. Well, when they get good goaltending, they're not going to lose. Right, right. Well, the, the series comes down to tonight. It'll end in five if they win tonight. They're a dollar sixty in that neighborhood. Good win in game three. What do you think? Colorado, uh, Colorado's going to win the whole thing. Colorado will beat Tampa in the cup. Do they? Do they? Go up three one tonight. I think so. On the puck line, I, I they're don't pl- plus one fifty. I'm sorry, I, I I don't like how Huso's played in the. Uh, yeah, playoffs. I don't disagree. Bennington was hot. He's mm-hmm. playing well. He was. He was. I would agree with that. Yep. yep. Uh, by the way, for Game Four tomorrow night in that Edmonton series, Oilers a buck thirteen as the favorite. Flames plus one o three right now. That's here at Circa, and the total there uh, here is six and a half. In that game, I think Edmonton has been. From that second period of Game 2 on, it has been evident that they, well, they were better. Simply put, they were better than Calgary. So the last six periods of hockey, last five, they've been better. I know Sutter talked about the lack of five-on-five time and giving up the power play goal. I'm going back to Game 2. The power play goal and then the shorthanded goal. I mean, that was ridiculous. Where, where was everybody on that? They just throw it up the boards and there's no one there? I think it was the dry side of goal. I can't remember. And they put it in. It was ridiculous what yep. happened. But I, well, can't, I can't believe the turnaround in that series after what transpired in game one. If you're right, we get Colorado versus Tampa Bay. That is one hell of a Stanley Cup final. Yeah. That would be that. I think that's, that's that. a doozy right there. Right. Uh, what do you want to do with player props tonight in the NBA? You want to hold off? Don't I can't. Here's, I, please. This is on. the trickiest series ever because, again, <laughs> we could break this down as much as possible right now. And then in two hours, it's like, oh, by the way, Jimmy Butler, yeah, not going to play again tonight. Kyle Lowry, yeah, not going to play tonight. Tyler Hero, yeah, he's out of the game tonight. Robert Williams, you going to play? I have no idea. I've never seen so many guys questionable in a playoff game, which Miami does this all the time anyways. But you don't know what you're going to get from Boston, who's out. That's the unfortunate thing. I, 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 they're the best team in the league. But they've they got guys out every game, or guys who leave, or aggravate an injury, or you know, Smart, Williams, Tatum goes down. I can't believe how bad Tatum played in the last game. But to beat that, what happened? How are you down 26 early on at home? Yeah, losing is fine. That's Because Miami is right. good. But to be down by 26 points like that and to play a first quarter out of the gates and look like that, that's as bad as it gets. You guys have the tweet on the scoring? Isn't that something? The Heat have outscored the Celtics in two of the quarters but lead the series. Mm-hmm. Two quarters they've outscored them. It's the Thorpe thing. Just don't have that bad quarter. They have. Well, that, that, look at that. They've outscored the Celtics in two of the 12 quarters. They lead 2-1. Game one, they were basically totally outmanned in three of the quarters, but they won quarter number three by like 20 points, and so they won the game. Right, 22-2 run to start. Yep. Yep. Spolster's good, man. Oh, Oh, it's a battle of really two two really good head coaches. But again, you've got to respect your opponent. I mean, all these guys are on scholarship, and that's what all those heat, after every, after the game, Game three, every Heat player said, oh, we saw what was going on. Everyone's saying, oh, yeah, you saw Boston's better. You, you guys got punched in the mouth. You're not going to respond. No. It's like, okay, well, you don't have Butler. Here you go. Well, Fine. Good job by Bam. He finally showed up. But that was they listen to this stuff. They all lie. They do. They, they listen to sports talk radio. They read Twitter. They're all over that stuff. And they were uh, 
They use it as fuel for the Game 3 win. So I agree with you. Boston, when fully healthy, they are the best team in the NBA. They are the highest power-rated team in the NBA. But the problem is, again, all of these injuries mounting up. And yep. I do actually think the power rating, having said that, might be a touch high. Like in this series, again, they were $1.70 sure. without home court. They lose Game 1. Okay, they go to plus 120. They win Game 2. They go from plus 120 to minus 280. As a guy holding several tickets on the Celtics on future tickets... Minus 280 to win the series then? We talked about it on the air on Friday. Who got hurt for the Heat? Who's out for the series? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, yep. And now so now they're down two games to one, right? And it's a pick'em series. Right. Plus 350 in some spots to win the title now. Uh, it just seems a little odd. I'm not, I'm not going to touch the, t- the tickets that I have on the Celtics because it's just... <laughs> there, are, there are some people who cover this sport who don't think the Heat are that good. They might win the damn title. Now what are they going to say? Well, I'll it's say nuts. it again. again, again most disrespected one seed I can remember in a long time, if, other than the, the Hawks with Bunos. If we get Heat Warriors, Miami going to win that series? Hey, you never know. You're absolutely. It's all about matchups. At this point, you really can. Sure can. I don't know how you're strong in anything with uh, well, guys who might miss because of injuries. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, whatever. It all comes down to the others. Strews, Vincent, guys like this. Yep. They're knocking down shots. Sure. Yep. Bam. Uh, look at that Oladipo, Lowry. Look at some of these guys they have. Up next, Grant Paulson is going to join the uh, program. Sirius XM, Major League Baseball Network radio host. Which team, if any, eventually goes on a run to catch the Mets in the NL East? It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilbur Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.